a mouth. Tactfulness wasn't her strong suit. Craig shot a quick glance in Leona's direction. The door was ajar to the bathroom where she was doing her eyes, but all he could see was a side view of her curvaceous 23-year-old derriere covered with a lustrous pink silk crepe. She was on her tiptoes, leaning over the sink to get closer to the mirror. A fleeting, self-satisfied smile passed over Craig's face as he thought of them walking down the aisle of Symphony Hall that evening, which was why they were getting decked out in their finery. Compensating for being a mouth, Leona was a looker, especially in the low-cut dress that they had recently bought at Neiman Marcus. He was sure she was going to turn some heads and that he'd be dodging some envious looks from fellow 45-year-old men. Craig realized such feelings were rather juvenile, to say the least, but he'd not felt them since that first time he'd worn a tuxedo, and he was going to enjoy it. Craig's smile faltered when the question occurred to him whether any of his and his wife's friends might be there in the audience. His goal certainly wasn't to humiliate anyone or hurt anyone's feelings. Yet he doubted he'd see any acquaintances, because he and his wife had never gone to the symphony nor had any of their few friends, who were mostly overworked physicians like himself. Taking advantage of the city's cultural life hadn't been part of their particular suburban lifestyle, thanks to the hours a typical practice of medicine demanded. Craig had been separated from Alexis now for six months, so it wasn't unreasonable to have a companion. He didn't think it was an age issue. As long as he was with an adult woman of a reasonable post-college age, it shouldn't matter. After all, being seen out and about with a date was going to happen sooner or later, as active as he'd become. In addition to regular attendance at the symphony, he'd become a regular at a new gym, as well as at the theater, the ballet, and a number of other activities and social gatherings that normal educated people participated in in a world-class city. Since Alexis had consistently refused to go along with his new persona right from its inception, he now felt he was justified to accompany whomever he wanted. He wasn't going to be held back from becoming the person he aspired to be. He'd even joined the Museum of Fine Arts and was looking forward to exhibition openings despite never having ever been to one. He'd had to sacrifice enjoying such cultural activities during the arduous and isolating effort of becoming a doctor, particularly becoming the best doctor he could be which meant that for ten years of his adult life, he was absent from the hospital only to sleep. And then, once he'd finished his specialty training in internal medicine and hung out his proverbial shingle, he'd had even less time for personal pursuits of any kind, including, unfortunately, much family life. He'd become the archetypal intellectually provincial workaholic, with no time for anyone but his patients. But all that was changing, and regrets and guilt, particularly about family issues, had to be put on hold. The new Dr. Craig Bowman had left behind the lockstep, hurried, unfulfilling, and uncultured workaday life. He knew that some people might call his situation a midlife crisis, but he had a different name for it. He called it a rebirth, or, more accurately, an awakening. Over the previous year, Craig had become committed to, even obsessed with, transforming himself into a more interesting, happier, well-rounded, better person, and because of it, a better doctor. 
On the desk of his in-town apartment was a pile of catalogues from various local universities, including Harvard. He intended to take classes in humanities, maybe one or two a semester, to make up for lost time. And best of all, thanks to his makeover, he'd been able to return to his beloved research, which had completely fallen by the wayside once he'd started practice. What had started out in medical school as a remunerative job doing scut work for a professor studying sodium channels and muscle and nerve cells had turned into a passion when he was elevated to the level of a fellow researcher. Craig had even co-authored several scientific papers to great acclaim while he'd been a medical student and then resident. Now he was back at the bench, able to spend two afternoons a week in the lab, and he loved it. Leona called him a Renaissance man, and although he knew the description was premature, he thought that with a couple of years of effort, he might come close. The origin of Craig's metamorphosis had been rather sudden and had taken him by...